Formula One game. And a lot of drivers do this, guys, whether they go to the factory and they use the fo- their factory sim car, right? And they go around the track and learn the track or get the rhythm and try different setups. That's one way. Or they'll sit at home and they'll, like you see Akon, sit playing a PlayStation or they'll sit in their sim, but they'll learn the track. I mean, the amount of hours I spent in with my PlayStation back in the day going around Spa, Belgium. I never was there before and I just did endless amount of hours and laps around the Belgian track on the PlayStation. And Walsh running the Irish green and look at the move he's making down to the inside. He moves to the front, what a move from fifth all the way to the lead in lap one. Walsh takes win number two. Peter, 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 Walsh. Back with Drive to Survive, season one, episode five. Well, we're starting to get through them now, guys. We are starting to get through. We're halfway through already of season one. It's been great. There's been a, quite a few people actually have asked me some questions now. They've heard the podcast. And it's great because, obviously, there is a there is curiosity to know. Uh, I've said this before, and I'll just repeat it one more time. If this is your first time listening to the podcast on Drive to Survive, we're breaking it down behind the scenes. I raced for 13 years. This is what I know. I know the, the racing world inside and out, and I'm going to give it to you here on the podcast. And people have been wondering, really, man, I thought they were actors at this stage. You know, or at the very least, some people have thought that, that they were, or the guys in Formula One right now, some people thought, okay, they actually, they're not actors, they are the real deal, but are they acting in this scenario? So, at least I'm going to try and give you as much as I can, guys, the input, the feedback, is it true, is it not true, what's going on? Uh, because I do know the racing world, and I'm calling bullshit, and we're starting with season, our episode 5 today. Okay, so... Uh, episode 5 is quite interesting. Again, we're kind of looking in terms of the team bosses, right? We're very focused on the team bosses right now. And I think it's a good thing too because, do you know something? The team bosses are actually the stars of the show. I mean, they really are. They're, they're fucking... Some of them are crooks. Some of them are cowboys. Some of them are honest-to-God, legit guys, classy guys. They steal the show at the moment. <laughs> So in episode five, we start off with Vijay, the team boss of Force India. Now, all of a sudden we're introduced to Vijay and there's some government charges that's putting it a fancy way. So apparently this guy, he owes a huge amount of money to the Indian government, the guys from India, and they're wondering, should they extradite him? I mean, these are fucking serious charges. This guy is based in Silverstone in England, okay? That's where his team is based. And yet they're on about extraditing the guy? Jesus Christ, how bad, how much in debt is this fucking guy with the banks? Or is it just that much? I mean, surely the banks cover their ass with big things. Do you know what I mean? Like, the... (laughs) I can't see the banks taking so much of a risk that your man fucked it up so bad that they're they're thinking about extraditing him. Do you know what I mean? It has to be an extreme scenario. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, there's plenty of fucking cowboys and dodgy dealers in the motor racing world. In any racing level, whether it's karting all the way up to Formula 1. There's plenty of them to go around, if you want to say that. And Vijay, 
Okay, at the start, we don't know exactly what the ins and outs of it are, are, of course. But look, before we get into this, I mean, you know, I've got to hand it to the guy. And I always, in fairness, I do have a bit of admiration for any team boss that breaks out into Formula One when they haven't had the resources available. Now, yes, this guy, VJ, he's got the resources in terms of money. Now, then you got to have a business brain on you, which a lot of the team bosses need to do. Hire the right fucking people. And from there, then you've got a good chance. Kind of like Christian Horner, the way he's come in, and he got Adrian Newey, the number one employee on his fucking sheet, I can tell you that. And without Adrian Newey, you're going to suffer. Now, Christian Horner came from motor racing background, so that it was a tremendous help. But again, Christian Horner is not an engine or a car manufacturer. Okay, you could say he's a car manufacturer, they make their own cars, but he's not really. He's not like a Mercedes, right, where he's got his own fucking road car factory back home in England, where he manages also. No, he's come from the racing world. So... You know, like VJ here, the guy has done a tremendous job getting to where he's got to. Now, you don't need to be a crook either, but the guy looks like he's a bit fucking dodgy. So we're going to come back to him in a little while. And, you know, the weird thing about Drive to Survive, or maybe it's not weird, they do kind of float about the, all around the place. Don't, don't you get that kind of feeling? That's the only negative thing I would have about this TV program. Many of you may, if you've heard me before on my Formula One podcasts or the Drive to Survive podcasts, I'm always going on about how amazing this program is, which it is. But at the same time, there's this is one negative that they kind of jump around an awful lot, right? Because I'm going to go in real time based on the episode, guys, okay? In other words, minute by minute, minute by minute, all right? So here we go. So we were looking at VJ and... Now, then we flash into Will Buxton. And by the way, guys, Will Buxton, don't listen to a fucking word that guy says. You know, he seems like a nice guy, right? But he doesn't have a fucking clue. And he and see, what annoys me about the likes of a Will Buxton is he pretends he has a fucking idea. The guy's never raced. You can tell. He's never raced in his life. And you know what? He might know all the information about Formula One, this and that. Yeah, that's easy to do for anybody that reads fucking articles. Anybody can keep up, which is fine, obviously. Uh, You know, Jesus Christ, if I was uh, interested in watching rugby now, you know, I was never, never a rugby player. I went to a rugby school, but that doesn't mean I'm a fucking expert because I've read all the articles on rugby. Hell no. I have an interest in rugby and I read what I like. Nothing wrong with that. And nothing wrong with anybody else that reads or catches up on the information too. But this guy comes across as a fucking phony. He's a fucking fraud. Okay? He doesn't have a fucking clue what he's talking about. He knows the information. It's kind of like... It's kind of like everybody, you know, what? You know what's that Albert Einstein equation? E equals MC squared? Now, give me a bit of rope on this one, guys. I have a... I have a... A point here. Like, everybody knows that E equals MC squared. We know the answer, okay? Everybody in the world knows the answer to an incredibly hard equation. Now, we shouldn't know the answer, but we all do because we were told or we read about it somewhere. But we don't understand how E equals MC squared. Do you know? 
we wouldn't be able to under explain it to anybody unless you're a fucking rocket scientist or scientist or whatever it is. See, I don't even know if it's physics, biology, or chemistry are all combined. Don't have a fucking clue. But I know that E equals MC squared. <laughs> okay? Stupid. So, you know, the point is, guys, just because Will Buxton knows the information, it doesn't mean he fucking knows the racing world. It'd be just like me telling somebody, oh, yeah, well... The Irish rugby team are this and they're that, and somebody didn't know. That doesn't mean I fucking know what I'm talking about. Come on. Yep. Don't pay attention to Will Buxton. He seems like a nice enough guy, but it does annoy me the way he goes on that he, he's, he's putting on a bit of a dance here. You know, it... Ah, uh, anyway, he drives me fucking nuts. Okay, so then we move on to the McLaren team. And then we've got Eric. Uh, oh, God, I've just said brain fart. I can't remember his second name. Anyway, Eric is the director, okay, of the... Uh, what was it? The, the aerodynamics side of the team? Anyway, he, he's, he's part of the going forward, okay? Um, progress, progression in the team. And uh, typical brain fart when I go live. But anyway, you can see Eric anyway, right? He's, he's in a press conference, and he's getting under pressure here by one of the... Uh, the, the journalists and they're asking him well you know do you do you think you're gonna bring results or are you gonna are you gonna retire you can see it written all over this poor guy's fucking face here he's like uh what what a question to ask holy fuck man that was a real fucking weird question to ask talk about putting a guy under pressure but hey you know what you sign up for formula one you sign up for shit like this you gotta suck it up so he had to suck it up but it's just interesting. He did end up resigning, as we see in the episode. And then we flash over to or pan over to Zach Brown, the, the team boss of McLaren. His boss. Okay. Now, in fairness, I like that about Zach Brown. He does says the buck stops with him. Now, because that's that that's so true, guys. You know, this is very true in the racing world. This is very true in any walk of life, any profession, any whatever you call it, you know? end of the day if this guy eric is not good enough for the job well then it's not eric's fault it's zach brown the team boss's fault that is so goddamn true and that's what that's why christian horner someone like him and toto wolf guys like these these guys are so goddamn good at picking the right people for the right job i think i think that's part of their skill their real asset that they bring to the team of course they've got to bring money but they know how to delegate and get the right guy for the right job because there's no sense in having let's say the adrian newey out there right and this is very very true for the racing world there's no sense of having an adrian newey on on your team right because he's technically the best of, of all time but if Adrian Newey is, let's say, and he's not, by the way, okay? But let's say you did have an Adrian Newey who's a lazy bastard. He's not hungry anymore for it. He doesn't want to win, doesn't give a shit anymore. Well, then there's no point of having an Adrian Newey on board. So you got to have the right guy for the right job. I mean, you could have a guy that's not as good as Adrian Newey, but he's focused. He's a 9 out of 10. Adrian Newey will be a 10 out of 10 when he's on, when he's hitting green light. But let's say, but what if Adrian Newey is unpredictable? He has a great weekend, and then a couple of weeks weekends later, he's on the fucking piss during the week. He doesn't give a shit. He's lost his concentration. Well, that's no good. Then you pick the 9 out of 10 every day of the week. 
Very, very important. And it's very, very important for Formula One. And I think that's where Christian Horner and Toto Wolf, that's their, I think that's their number one skill. Talent, if you want to call it. And I don't think Zach Brown is quite there yet. But I do like the way he did own up and he said, look, you know, the buck stops with me. So I think basically he is saying that it's his fault that he had this guy Eric on board. And okay, then we flash back to VJ again. Then they're saying that he's one billion in fucking debt. Jesus fucking Christ. One billion in debt. Oh my God. From his airline, apparently. And he's saying that he's not guilty. But he, he owns the banks. And the, apparently they're, they, he's basically trying to call out that it's a bit of a witch hunt here. Now, that's thrown up a red flag for me here. The banks don't give a fuck, right? I mean, I'm not very skilled now on banks, okay? And how they, they treat a lot of these things. And <laughs> touch wood, hopefully, thank God, I'll never will. But... <laughs> but... Why would a bank be coming chasing you? Why would a bank try and get you extradited out of a fucking different country than where you're originally from? Why would they do that? There's got to be some real fucking fire, uh, real smoke under... What is it called? There's got to be some real fucking fire, you know? Where there's smoke, there's fire. Jesus. I'm, I'm even fucking up my own fucking sayings here. Sorry, guys. My God, if I could speak English, I'd try and do it properly better. Lord almighty. But you see, this is a big red flag for me here. Big red, red flag. Why? What's going on with VJ? But we'll come back to him. So then we flash on to Akon, who's his driver, who's VJ's driver. And Akon now, I've watched a lot of him. And we're, by the way, we're going to see it more as we go along in season one here and season two. Akon is very, very... I gotta admit, I wouldn't rate him very highly. I just don't think he has it. No, no, it's not that he's bad at this or bad at that. I just don't think he just has the overall pace. I think he's solid. He's consistent. But he's not 10 out of 10. He's a... 8. 8.5 out of 10. Actually, no. 8 out of 10. It's probably being generous, by the way. But let's give him 8 out of 10. He's extremely good in wet conditions on slicks dry tires he's very very good and we'll see that as we go along throughout the season guys so we'll come back to that one now i do like the way that they show akon in the gym here and i think uh when we were previewing or highlighting episode one i think that it was either episode one or two where we saw i think was it uh, alonzo in the gym now unfortunately they don't show as much as i'd like for you guys to see because i think that's you know, if, if a lot of people knew the fitness program that F1 drivers and just in general drivers in, in karting and in Formula 4, Formula 3, 2, all the way up to Formula 1, if you really knew the exercise and the training involved, like a lot of other sports, you'd be very impressed. I mean, you can see Akon now, he's doing the leg press now, right? He's got heavy weights and most F1 drivers are slim guys, right? And you're meant to be because you need to keep light as possible and it's better for your reactions too and you can see him he's he's fucking benching heavy fucking uh muscle guys and he'd be doing this these leg presses for you would probably imagine about a half an hour a day 
right? And now you keep doing that a half an hour a day, that's a lot. Now, he'd also be doing cycling or swimming, which again is even more leg exercises. So this would just be one of his exercises in a chain of exercises he'd be doing every single day, repeating every single day as well. So, and ho- and hopefully we're going to get to see more as well. You see him on the running machine too? Well, look, I suppose, look, watching somebody on a running machine, probably a bit boring, but we'll see more of that as we as we go along anyway. And I like the way, actually, guys, I, I like the uh, the family touch here. We do, or we are now introduced to Akon's mom and dad. I think they're a lovely couple, and I love the love they have for, for their son. I mean, basically, the dad says that he's he's everything to me. I can't, don't quote me exactly what he exactly said, but he's basically saying that, that he's everything to me. He's my light at the end of the tunnel or my guiding light or something. Very touching, very moving. And his mother, very motherly type of woman as well. I think they're a great couple together. I think they're, they have a great chemistry with their son. And it's very important for any sports person, any sports boy or girl or man or woman to have that sort of stability. I did. Thank God it was great. I was very, very lucky. And it's very important for you to have that in, in your life as you're growing up, as a, especially when you're a child, when you're going up, in, in, up the racing ladder. And any sport, really. You know? So, guys, always try and have... Whether you're a sports person or not, always try and have a good relationship with your family. So important. It just, it just reminds me how important it is for a lot of people out there. And... Okay, so let, let's just move this on. So, we got Akon. And I like this, too, as well, guys. This is a bit of behind the scenes, as well. We're also flashing over to then Akon again where he's sitting in his SIM car. Now, it's not a fully set up computerized SIM car where he's playing a game, I don't think. No, they don't show us exactly. I don't think it is. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But you can see Akon sitting in his car, or sitting in the SIM, should I say, and he's, his eyes are closed, and he's going up the gears, he's using the paddles, he's, he's imagining him accelerate. he's imagining himself accelerating, braking, down the gears, up the gears, turning left, right, da, 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 and then going down the gears as he's turning left, back up the gears as he's flat out through the, the corner, through Beckett's or something, flat out out of that right-hander, heavy fucking right foot down the straight, up to eighth gear. He's imagining all this, and I love this part here because this is exactly what drivers do, guys, whether you're in karting all the way up to Formula One. I mean, I remember when I was racing in Belgium Spa, okay, the, the F1 track. We did the, the, Formula, the actual Formula One track in Formula Ford, and before I got there, I had the PlayStation, and I had the Formula One game, and a lot of drivers do this, guys, whether they go to the factory and they use the fo- their factory sim car, right? And they go around the track and learn the track or get the rhythm and try different setups. That's one way. Or they'll sit at home and they'll, like you see Akon, sit playing a PlayStation or they'll sit in their sim, but they'll learn the track. I mean, the amount of hours I spent in m- with my PlayStation back in the day going around Spa, Belgium. I never was there before, and I just did endless amount of hours and laps around the Belgian track on the PlayStation. And it really did. This is no joke, guys, and maybe it's hard to understand. You Maybe you, have to, you just have to, to be in it to, to know what, what I mean on this one. But it really did fucking help. It really did tee me up. It set my whole weekend up for the Belgian weekend. And I won that weekend before I got there. 
I got the rhythm of the track. I knew exactly, okay, it's downhill, uphill, and then it's going to level out right here. And then if I do level out the, the ground, I might hit off the ground. If I do, it might affect the suspension, the bump and rebound. Therefore, if that happens, the car might get unsettled and it might get oversteer or, God forbid, understeer going into a full-speed corner. Slow speed corner, mid speed corner, doesn't matter. Either way, it can affect the, the track or the, the car going through. So PlayStation, you'd be amazed how realistic it can be. You got to know what to look for too. But it's amazing. And you can see Ock on there. He's, he's trying to get the rhythm. And if there's any dancers that listen to me here, I've heard this about dancers. Now, I don't know if every dancer out there does this type of thing, but I've heard this before where... You, you could be sitting at home and before you're a big competition, the better it is. So as we go, we can see then we flash, flash uh, fast forward onto Zach Brown again. And here's an interesting one. Now, this might be useful for you guys to know this. So a journalist is asking Zach Brown a few questions about the guy he just fired, etc. And where do they go from here, right? Or how much of an of a input does Alonso have? Alonso is his driver at the moment. So the journalist is asking him, are you doing things to keep Alonso happy in the team? In other words, did they, did they fire that guy to keep Alonso happy? Are there people getting fired left, right and center just to keep their driver Alonso happy? Okay, well, I'll tell you this right now, guys. Again, this happens in karting all the way through the Formula 4, 3, 2, up to Formula 1. There's no change. This is all the same shit I've seen day in, day out in motor racing when I was doing it every day. Sometimes, now, Zach Brown didn't answer the question. Now, I genuinely do think that they are listening to Alonso. Now, we have to remember here, at this stage, Zach Brown hasn't been in Formula 1 for very long. Now, he's taken over Ron Dennis's role here at McLaren. Now, to say it's a fucking hard job to jump into one of the greatest team bosses ever that has walked this planet, Ron Dennis was. He was one of the greatest of all time. And then Ron Dennis is gone, and then Zach Brown has to come along and fucking fill his shoes. That is an incredibly tough thing to, to jump into. I mean, insanely stressful scenario. I mean, you're under pressure at the moment you fucking come out of the gates here now <clears throat> the thing is if Zach Brown you see this is what we don't know guys is he listening to Alonso but I'll give you some insight here it is very possible that Zach Brown is listening to Alonso and basically doing everything he fucking says because he's got he doesn't have confidence in Formula 1 yet even though the guy's a team boss he could be still saying, well, look, you know, Fernando, he's been around a long time now, so let's just listen to Fernando, which is fucking crazy. But there's some method in Zach Brown's madness if he actually is listening to him. And I'll tell you why. Number one, Alonso could have pulled in some sponsorship that we don't know of. So in other words, the sponsors that you see on the car are their suits are both. That happens, you're sitting there at home, even in your bed, you're closing your eyes or you're rehearsing the, the dance rhythm and you're trying to get the, the, the rhythm, the momentum of it and the style and feel it in your body. And that's what Akon is trying to do here. He's trying to feel the, the car. He's trying to turn it into a dance. 
and a lot of drivers do that guys and it's it is it's very cool and it can be a very very big help very big help the more laps you do like i did on the playstation we don't know exactly who got them on board okay now there is certain parts of the car so like the side pod that would be reserved for the team sponsor wouldn't be for the driver right but again things can get all can get all sort of overthrown or overridden when a driver can bring in some sponsorship money now the thing is what we don't know is that did alonzo have an influence on sponsorship and he brought new sponsors to the team keeping mclaren in the green with money therefore whatever alonzo wants guys will give him now if this is the case where alonzo has this type of influence at the moment believe you me guys it's not going to last forever. Zach Brown eventually let now the next season. Now, all of a start, sudden, the team owner is going to go, well, hang on a second. My little superstar here is not giving me everything I need here. And guess what happens? Then the team boss now won't necessarily listen to their golden boy anymore because the results aren't coming in. He ain't getting as much money as he should. So it don't, there's, got, there's a shelf life on the team boss listening to the driver. Now, Zach Brown is not dumb, guys. He's not listening to Alonso because he thinks Alonso is the man and he can hear Fernando's been around a long time. Let's just keep this going here. And even if there's that type of influence, that's not going to last very long either. So either way, guys he ain't going to be listening to Fernando Alonso going down going down the road so it there might be a shelf life for a little bit it ain't going to last very long i can tell you that now so then after that we flash back to uh VJ again now india has started seizing his assets jesus christ like what the hell is this guy up to hmm what the fuck is this guy up to? <laughs> and they're now saying he might be extradited from England, the UK. Like, we spoke about this at the start of the episode here, but... <sighs> I mean, you'd have to wonder. What the fuck has this guy been involved in? For the Indian government to actually try and put pressure on the British government to extradite one of these guys? Now, I'm not 100% up-to-date on these rules and regulations, government-wise and extradition-wise. I don't. But this sounds very, very extreme. I think the guy's been involved in a lot of shady fucking deals. There's a, there's a lot of cowboys in the motor world, motor racing world. And this just sounds like he's one of these gangsters. A fucking gangster. You know? Guys, I mean, I even tell you, I knew a team boss... When I was racing, I won't mention his name, but he actually owned a red light district. That's right. I'm not going to say what country. I'm not going to say what his name is, what racing. Nope, not going to say anything. But he was a team boss. He had his own small enough team, but he owned part of a red light district. In other words, prostitutes. Okay. And it was public knowledge. This isn't like I'm handing out a secret here. No, but I'm still not going to mention his name. But... No, I'm not saying... Oh, by the way, sorry. I'm not saying that he's dodgy. 
because he, he certainly wasn't in the racing world, that is for sure. I never said anything bad about him. But, you know, you hear a red light. Doesn't sound the most, uh... Jesus, doesn't sound the most, uh... Legit things, but hey, I don't know. You never know. Then I've heard of another team boss who actually sold drugs at one stage to actually... Now, this is a rumor. And again, by the way, it could have been a rumor too of the guy holding the red light. You never know. You never know. But... This other guy, apparently he sold drugs to make his way, make and earn a living, and then he, he, he set up his own business, legit business, and then he set up his own racing team. So, there's some shady shit going on, guys and girls, in the formula, in the racing world, and, yeah, well, that's all I'll say on that one. That's all I'll say on that one. Um, okay, then we flash over to McLaren. Now... This is where I get a bit confused, I have to admit. You see, Van Dorn. Is it Van Dorn? His name is the driver for McLaren. And you can see Van Dorn and the whole team. They're in the briefing room, okay? The debrief. Just talk about the car setup. What I never understand is why they have the other driver there. You know? I'm a racing driver. I am not sitting in the same fucking room as my teammate. Now, if you have to... You know, if you really, really have to, and it's team orders, you're getting paid to fucking be in the team, and it's part of it, well, then you have to, but I ain't opening my fucking mouth. I'll have private conversations one-on-one -on -one with my fucking engineer and my mechanics and the whole fucking team, quiet time, because I don't want my fucking teammate knowing what I'm up to on the track. I'm setting the car up myself, Hey, motherfucker, you want to set your own car up? Go out into the track and do it your fucking self. I'm not doing all the work for you. So it always amazes me why they have these debriefs, because you know that some of the drivers are going to hold back to a degree. Okay? You know it is. <laughs> but, hey, look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't. Maybe they let it all out. I don't... I it just, it confuses me. It baffles, actually, no, it fucking baffles me. And Van Dorn, he's terrible giving feedback. Again, now, maybe this is method in his madness. Maybe he's being, he, he literally, they're at, the engineers are asking him a question in front of everybody, and he's just going, no, no, no. Maybe that's method in his madness here. He's just trying to come across that he's terrible at feedback, but yet he actually has, he can give you really good feedback. Maybe he's doing that. I hopefully he is, because if it's true and he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know what he's talking about? Well then, Jesus Christ, no wonder the team's going nowhere. They're fucked getting feedback from him. So, anyway. And then we flash over to finish out the episode. We have VJ. He leaves the team. Now, Force India are still hanging on. This and that, right? But VJ's gone. He had to leave the fucking team. Team's in trouble. They're even trying to pay their wages. And this is what kind of makes the uh, Season 1 guys very exciting because we're going to see more of this drama as we unfold throughout, throughout the season here. And obviously the, the remaining seasons. But it just goes to show you in motor racing and in general that you're only one step away from shutting down the business. I mean, even you see here at the end of the fucking episode, they're saying that and don't worry, guys, you're going to get paid this Wednesday. All the staff are sitting there going, Fuck, man, are we closing down? What are we going? Where are we going? What's going to happen? Jesus Christ, are we going to get fucking paid? 
Can I pay for my fucking kids' new fucking school pants? You know? They're freaking their shit, like. Of course they're gonna be. And they they do get the paid on Wednesday, but it's cutthroat, guys. It really is cutthroat. And a lot of money to be invested in one fucking slice error can mean everything from shutting your business down or going bankrupt to keeping it going and winning the world championship. <laughs> They're only a couple of millimeters away either way. No. Anyway, guys, that is episode five. Of course, we'll be back with a hell of a lot more. And we will talk to you later, guys. Tara. Walsh running the Irish green. And look at the move. He's making down to the inside. It moves to the front. What a move. Fifth all the way to the lead in lap one. Walsh takes win number two. Peter. 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 Walsh. 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 Walsh.